on today's night's podcast, hear from three CCS teachers on how the Society of Teachers is impacting their teaching and equipping them to cultivate stronger relationships in the classroom. One of the great things about being a teacher and a parent at CCS is just seeing so many different sides of the school. My girls, who are in second and fourth grade, like to come into my classroom and play. Sometimes they'll draw on the board or do different things. Uh, earlier in the year, they spend a few hours in my room playing school. Uh, back when Clara was in first grade, she would come home and want to play school with Alethea and be the teacher after she got home uh, with her younger sister. But sometimes they like to come into my room and they'll they'll set everything up. They'll put names on the on the front door. Uh, they'll set up uh, everything like a classroom and they'll they'll play school. And the last time they were doing that, they were Ms. Nelson and Mrs. Hartley, which the neat thing about that was Ms. Nelson had taught both of them. And when Ms. Nelson was here as a student, I taught her. And so that's been so neat seeing how much they enjoy their teachers classes. Uh, they talk about being teachers someday. And that's a great part of being here at CCS. I'd like to thank you for joining us for our Carrie Christians podcast. And today I'm joined by uh, Kelly Gardner, who teaches fourth grade here at, Ke at Carrie Christian School. She's been here for nine years and has taught 13 years uh, total in her life. Uh, Patrick Hallbrooks teaches for us 11th grade history and 12th grade rhetoric. He has taught here at Carrie Christian School for 13 years. We also have with us Darla McDonald, who teaches 12th grade physics for us and serves as a lead teacher in the upper school. Uh, and she has been with us at Cary Christian School for 11 years. So I, again, I'd like to thank you for joining us. This is a tool we hope to use to help explain to our parents what we are doing here in our classrooms so you'll understand better uh, our desire, our passion for your children, and, and help improve the partnership we have with you. And so to get us started, uh, Darla, uh, Ms. McDonald, could you explain to us something that is new here at Cary Christian School in the upper school? Sure. One of the new things going on in the upper school this year is the implementation of something called a chassis program, or in essence, a framework that we are developing for each no, one. No, a chassis. What is a chassis? Well, a chassis, like I said, is a framework. Uh, if you think of cars, you know, the cars are actually built on a chassis, uh, which in essence is the structure by which you're going to attach tires and then other frame and body work to it to actually make a car. Hmm. So why are you using the word chassis? Well, okay, so I'll give you a little background story before I give you more detail on uh, the actual chassis program. Uh, Mr. Ryan Baker, who is our upper school, or dean of the upper school, excuse me, uh, actually is a lover of cars. A lot of people don't know that about him, but he actually grew up uh, actually visiting his uncle in Arizona, because that's where Mr. Baker is from. And his uncle always had a car uh, in the garage that he was building from the ground up. So in essence, when Ryan would go to see his uncle, there was always a chassis uh, in the garage. And he realized that that chassis was, in essence, the frame. It was the bones upon which they were building the rest of the car. So just like the car has a chassis or the bones or mm -hmm. the framework sure. of the car, y'all were trying to master the framework of your class. That's exactly right. And then considering that to be your chassis. Yes, that's correct. So in essence, the chassis is going to be a, a list or a framework of activities that are going to happen in the classroom day in and day out. And so, for instance, science has its own set of chassis. For instance, it might be um, POGL activities. That's process-oriented guided inquiry learning. It could be investigations. It's case studies. Uh, it's going to be uh, debate and argumentation, technical writing. These are some of the chassis that happen in science. Literature is going to have a few different chassis. Uh, 
history as well. But these are going to be the activities that are going to occur day in and day out in the classroom. And by providing this framework, we know we're having continuity with our our classrooms. We know that we are um, providing an excellent classical Christian education because we know what's going on in the classrooms and are making sure that our students are are gaining and learning those skills that we are after here in the upper school. So if you're a new teacher, how's this going to benefit you? It's actually a great benefit because if you're a new teacher and you're walking in, you're basically going to be given the framework by which to teach your class. Now, it's not going to necessarily stifle creation or creativity because I know some people would think, well, if I'm told what I have to teach in terms of my activities, I don't know if I'd like that. But we think that there's actually a lot of creativity that's still left within that chassis because you could implement your case studies in ways that are different to you. Uh, And it might be different than how I implement them. But we recognize that the use of a case study in the science classroom is powerful. And so we want to make sure that all of our sci- science classrooms are utilizing that chassis. You know, I think about this as a teacher. I mean, because I can remember when I, my first year teaching, you had to walk in there and you were supposed to cover some content, whether it was history or literature or science. And, and then because it's a classical school, we expect you to cover that content in a way that uh, stirs up critical thinking and actually changes the student or develops their soul. And as a new teacher, that can be very overwhelming because you're thinking of the content. You're thinking, oh, but I want to teach it in a way that makes them think and that kind of changes who they are. Mm -hmm. And that can be really overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So I think I could see how this chassis kind of says, it gives them again a framework, as you said, that they can structure or some bones that, that, almost forces them to develop higher level thinking and forces them to teach in a way that actually helps to develop the soul of the child. Absolutely, because these chassis are not just chosen willy-nilly. I mean, we've done a lot of thinking and research as to what uh, what are the types of activities that need to happen in the classroom so that we are actually uh, enabling our students to become wise and eloquent in terms of their speaking mm-hmm. and in terms of how they are writing and all the things that we're after uh, in, in our students here at Cary Christian. Oh, thank you. Well, Kelly, what's new in the lower school? In the lower school, we have something similar um, in order to promote higher level thinking skills, and that is the implementation of Bloom's taxonomy. Hmm. And Mr. Seitz has been going over with the teachers different ways we can use these with the guided questions that we ask students in the classroom, with our lesson plans, and even with the assessments that we give. Um, So, for example, um, Bloom's taxonomy starts with lower level questions, which is remember or just knowledge based questions. Um, We're reading a novel, My Side of the Mountain. And so a knowledge based question would just be um, Sam runs away from home. Where does he go? Um, which is just easy. There's one right answer. Um, and then as Bloom's taxonomy progresses, the higher level thinking skills get into things like applying or analyzing. Um, was this a good idea? Do you agree or disagree? Evaluating and then also uh, creating. And the creating, the higher level thinking skills are actually the most fun. Um, and students get to really connect with what they're reading instead of just knowing, oh, she's looking for one right answer here. Um, we have really good discussions around some of the higher level thinking prompts. Like, for example, um, an analyzed question might be something like, do you think Sam was justified in taking the falcon from the nest in the story? And so, you know, you'll have kids in the middle of class arguing, well, he shouldn't have done that because the mama bird's going to miss the baby bird. Or no, that was a great idea. He needed it because that was how he provided food for himself. And so 
So, you know, in the middle of our of our lesson plan and our discussion, we're able to um, just really um, connect and the students are able to imagine themselves in the story and know there's not just one right answer here, but what do I think? How, how can I relate to this story? And really, I find that that is what makes them take uh, what we're studying and make it personal and really engage and get interactive with it. Well, to help the parents understand what that means is if you could think about a teacher who's not using higher level thinking to teach reading or, you know, or a teacher who's not using Bloom's taxonomy, what might bad teaching or poor teaching could they revert to? Yeah. So in, in that example, a student would come to school, they would read the words on the page, and then you're asking a question, there's a right or wrong answer. Yep, you got it. Nope. Sorry, try again. Um, and I, I don't <laughs> think that really fosters a sense of wonder um, as well. If they're um, enjoying rich literature and, and really um, just getting into the books, they should be connecting and applying and analyzing and naturally, you know, wanting to evaluate what they're reading and how they're thinking about it. Um, so the higher level thinking gives the students an opportunity to interact that way with the class um, and to connect that way with the book. And not just in reading, we do this in, in all of our subjects also. So if I understand correctly, so y'all all have a sheet in your classroom that's soon going to be a poster in yes. everybody's class on the <laughs> wall that Kevin uh, Seitz has designed and it will be, uh, and it'll be, and so every classroom will have um, kind of some lead questions that sure. you can develop your lesson plans around. Yes, we use them for our lesson plans, but also we have um, just a little flip chart. And, you know, teachers like to pull sticks to ask a random question. And instead of the questions being, um, you know, recite this answer from the sound off part or what's the right answer here, we're using them in just kind of pop up questions too, just to kind of to, to gauge um, the level of understanding among the class. Not just do you know the right answer, but do you understand why that was a good answer or a moral choice? Um, and then also just to help the students, um, you know, someone already answered this question, but that doesn't mean we stop there. Maybe you have a different answer or maybe you can relate to their answer. Or maybe you even disagree and we have a chance to, to talk about that in class also. What I love about that is, again, in the same way that the chassis are doing this, it's, it's guiding a teacher, directing a teacher to go, OK, I'm supposed to teach this book. And I think you use the book My Side of the Mountain, which is a great book. Yes. And, and instead of um, just covering the content of the book and making sure the kids have read the book. Um, we're going a little bit further and we're saying, did you get the story that was in this book? Did you walk down the path? And, and it's helping a teacher to make sure students are transformed or sanctified even by the discussions we're having in class. And so I love that. Now, but think about this though, Patrick, when we get to the upper school and we get to the senior year, so if we've had 12 years prior to the ever enter your class, the senior rhetoric class, where they have um, been developed in this higher level thinking, um, how is this going to prepare them for this thing we call our senior thesis? Well, when the seniors get to my class, they're understandably nervous. They've got to write a 15 to 25 page research paper, which they're going to then present a version of before an audience in the auditorium in April. Uh, there'll be friends and family members, visitors in the audience, three teachers serving on the panel to ask them questions. And so it's a big project. But one of the things that I tell them is that once they get to my class, they're ready to do it. Uh, if, if they weren't, there's nothing I could do in just a few weeks to get them to do a project of that magnitude. But they've been preparing for that in some sense since kindergarten. Uh, as they go through Bloom's taxonomy, as they go through the, the grammar and logic and rhetoric stages, as they learn to 
read and think critically and express themselves, those are all the skills that go into the senior thesis. And so uh, the reason why they're ready to do that and the reason why almost without exception, all of them do just a great job is not necessarily from anything I'm doing, but from what they've already had in the 11 years leading up to senior year. All right, to unpack that again, the senior thesis, we often say that it is the capstone project for our school. Mm-hmm. Why is it a capstone? What's that mean? Mm-hmm. A, a school could have a number of capstone projects. The senior thesis for us represents really the culmination of learning to learn, which is one of the things that we're all about. One of, one of my students last year uh, after the thesis said one of the neatest things about it, one of the most significant things to him was that they get to be the teachers. Hmm. They get to huh. research and learn and then present to the rest of us what they've learned. And we're at the ones asking them questions. And and that's really where we want them to be by the time they're finishing up at, at Cary Christian School, because those are skills that they're going to take with them, whatever job they go into. Uh, as they As they move into college, they need to be having productive, intelligent, uh, generous conversations with other people. And as they move into whatever kind of vocation uh, to which God calls them, they're going to need to learn and think and share their ideas. All right, now what do we think about this? So first, we st- we're in the lower school, and we're developing these higher-level thinking skills through Bloom's Taxonomy as teachers are implementing, uh, you know, teaching kids good questions to ask. Uh, when they read a book or when they study history or when they um, are preparing to write a paper. That's happening all through the lower school. And then the teachers are are taking frameworks or chassis or structures developed by master teachers, and they're using the framework of a master teacher to structure their teaching in a classroom. And then, so that's been going on for 12 years, and then we take these same students and we say, okay, now, I love the way you said that, Patrick, And then they turn that into something they want to teach us about. Here's this paper. And we say, okay, we've been teaching you for 12 years. Now teach us something and prove you know how to do this. That's a beautiful story that would happen over 13 years. Now, as we close this, I want you to ponder this one second. Is if we put all of this together, and it's something we try to talk about around here a lot, is that really what we're talking about is a teacher-student relationship. So quickly... Give us a synopsis. Darla, how does the chassis and how does this approach of going from blooms to the chassis to capstone, why does a teacher-student relationship, why does that matter? Sure. The, t- the teacher-student relationship matters when it comes particularly to the chassis uh, framework program because if if I don't understand who my students are, I, I can't reach them, right? I need to know who they are. So even if I have the best ideas, which is what I hope we have with our chassis, right, of how to reach those students, even if I don't know them, I still can't implement it to its to its finest degree. So if you mix the idea that I know my students well, I'm pursuing them, I'm going after them because I know what it is that I want for them, and I'm utilizing tools and methodologies, a framework in essence, that I know is also going to be successful, that's the ultimate route to the success that we're looking for, that our students are going to be graduating articulate and winsome in what they um, what they say, able to think critically and think deeply about hard subjects. Hmm. Um, so those those chassis really do that. And of course, that does. It goes back and starts in the lower school, right, as, as we get them 
and they're growing up and they're they're starting to answer kind of harder analysis or evaluation level questions when they're younger. By the time they get to us in the upper school, uh, we're, we're really thinking about, okay, we're going to do this kind of activity and this because it's going to develop this skill or this skill. And our students that that's powerful. That's what we're doing. And then if you mix in, I love my students. I, I love that they're mm. part of my life and I get to be with them each day. Uh, and you mix all that together. That That's something beautiful and, and is what we're after. Isn't that interesting how when we pull all this together at the end of the day, what we are talking about, it, it, I know where this could get us in trouble, mm. but there is something that's going on here. This is a love story. Yeah. It's an appropriate story a rapport that's developing between teachers and students as we teach them how to think and how to feel about things. Yeah. I think it, there's really something to be said too. At the end of the day, you've worked hard together. They know they've accomplished something great. And there's that sense of we've, we've done this together. You're on my side. You know, I have, I've answered maybe a question with a right answer or maybe a wrong answer. And we've worked through that together. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you've heard my point of view, my opinion, we've, we've, we've mucked through it together. And then at the end, you know, there's that sense of accomplishment of a job well done. And that that builds a sense of love and, and wonder together. Yeah. Well, awesome. with that, I want to thank y'all. That is a great way to close it. We work hard together for 13 years. Uh, we teach them how to think. We teach them how to feel. And then we teach, and then we ask them to teach us something. Um, I hope that is a story that every, I pray that that is the story every Cary Christian student feels after they've been here for 13 years.